Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. What is it like preparing a golf course knowing that somebody is going to be walking away with $10 million? And what is it like preparing the golf course with the help of more than 70 dedicated and determined agronomy volunteers? Ralph Keppel and Charles Aubrey have the answers to these questions. Ralph is the Director of Agronomy, and Charles is the Superintendent at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta. Eastlake is preparing to host the Tour Championship, the final event in the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup playoffs. Ralph and Charles are going to be discussing what they're doing to prepare the golf course, but they're also going to be discussing on this podcast how they were able to create and enhance a world-class agronomy volunteer program for the Tour Championship. But before we get going with Ralph and Charles, we'd like to thank Aquade Solutions for supporting this podcast. Aquade Solutions is not only supporting this podcast, they're going to be supporting our coverage of the Tour Championship. We're going to be on site at East Lake from Wednesday, September 29th until Saturday, September 22nd, telling the story of the East Lake team and the volunteers helping the East Lake team. So look for updates on Twitter at GCI Magazine at www golfcourseindustry.com and in a upcoming print article in Golf Course Industry magazine. We're beyond thrilled to be able to tell this awesome story and we're also very excited about this podcast and glad that Ralph and Charles were able to take time out of their busy schedules to join us. Ralph and Charles, thanks for joining us. I know this is a very busy time at Eastlake and I know you're getting ready for a giant event here. Uh, the first thing, Ralph, is how would you describe these weeks leading into the Tour Championship? What is it like around Eastlake Golf Club? Uh, hectic, I guess, would probably be the easiest word to use. Uh, every day, it seems like we've got a few more vendors in here to, to work on the build-out. So this week really started getting pretty crazy. This next weekend, I'm sure it's going to become even more so next week's just kind of organized chaos, sort of organized. <laughs> Charles, we're into September now. What has 2018 been like in Atlanta? What has it been like for your team, and what are some of the uh, things that make this year a bit different than your previous years? Uh, this year's been really difficult. I think just like everybody across the United States from what we're seeing, it's been a very, very, very tough year uh, for us, and particularly here in Atlanta. We had some some spring damage on our greens, and we, we pretty much spent through, you know, all the spring into the first part of June getting our greens back and grown in, and then basically as soon as that happened, uh, we closed for July and went through our application practices, and we we had to recover from that, and this was... It was a different year because of the issues that we had on the greens. We had to pretty much change our entire fertility and our whole chemical program. So we had to, to do that and basically relearn a lot of how our greens have, have acted over the past 10 years due to the fact that we had to grow new areas in. Uh, so things things were different. They weren't recovering the same way that they had in the past years. It wasn't as much material as we typically had to work. So. Uh, it was a learning year, and this year in particularly for our staff and our team, uh, there's obviously been labor issues across the industry for quite a few years now. Uh, it felt like this year that hit our team harder than it ever has before, 
we're definitely short-staffed for most of the season and unable to fill a lot of seasonal positions. So that definitely put a lot more weight on everybody else on our team. Ralph, how proud are you of your staff to overcome some of these challenges and and get to the point where you're ready to host a significant event again? Kind of hard to put it into words, guy. These guys have um, they just put their heads down and worked and knew that every day they were just going to have to put in a little bit extra and a little bit extra. And they've they've not complained about it. They've just done the job, and and uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of them. Charles. The uh, BMW Championship is being played right now at Aronimank, which is a, another Donald Ross design golf course. I know you guys are busy as heck, but do you and your team follow the events before the Tour Championship? And is there a lot of chatter amongst your crew about the 30 players that could potentially be coming to Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, we all follow it pretty closely. Obviously, we don't you know, have the ability to watch every shot on Thursday and Friday, but when we get a day off here or there on the weekend, I know uh, all of our management team and pretty much all the guys on the crew are watching it to see what's happening, and uh, we speak about it a lot in our morning meetings, and um, you know, right now, if, if we were to host the top 30 right now, it'd, it'd be an unbelievable field, so we'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, we're excited to see who's going to be here regardless, but uh, yeah, the, the field looks looks pretty good so far, and we, we all are definitely watching it each day. What type of motivator is it hosting a, a tournament? How, how does the presence of this event on an annual basis motivate your team? Ah, uh, boy. That's, I mean, obviously, everybody here is, they like to see their golf course on TV, and they're motivated by that, uh, and we we sort of challenge ourselves every year to try and find a way to get better each year. Uh, the last two years we've had really, really good years. The golf course has been phenomenally good, and I think we're in a position to, to be as good or better again this year, and given the fact that we've been shorthanded this year, it's, it's pretty incredible, and these guys are, I mean, they're all responsible for it from Charlie down. Ralph, your team's done this every year since 2005. Does it, does it get easier over time, or does it become harder as the event gets bigger and bigger? I don't say it gets easier. Um, especially this year, There's there's been lots of changes uh, as far as where they're going to bring spectators in, and they're shifting around a lot of things. So it's almost like this year's completely different than last year. We have a new operations manager who's not as familiar with the property, and it's his first big event, actually. So it's it's been a learning curve on all sides. So this year's been kind of challenging in that regard as well. There are some things you you do get used to, and there's you know that this this week forward is is kind of the crushing weeks we got to get through. You have a lot of volunteers coming in the Sunday before the tournament to, to help you the week of the tournament. How critical of agronomy volunteers become to the event success? I mean, when it comes to getting the details done, they are the event success, quite honestly. Um, we could go out there with our staff and rush through course setup and try to get everything done, but honestly, having the amount of volunteers and the standard and level of volunteer that we get nowadays is what gives us the ability to condition this golf course for a group of players fighting for $10 million. 
if we didn't, we've been in a position where we didn't have this type of program before, and since we've built it, the course has just shined, and it, it's shown just by having this level of volunteer here in order to get those details right. Ralph, when did you start making a concerted effort to beef up the volunteer program? At what point did you realize that maybe you could get a, a, an awesome volunteer programming program going and help this tournament become even more successful? I think it was four years ago. Um, one of my assistants volunteered at, at Sawgrass for the tournament, and he got to talking to Bill Brown when he was there about the challenges we've had bringing in volunteers in the past. We had gotten to where we had a lot of uh, industry people who weren't really they weren't really golf course workers. They would try and help us. We even had a lot of people who weren't in the industry at all insurance salesmen and things like that, just friends of people, and it was a real challenge, and especially when they would work one day or maybe two, and you'd have to train, retrain every day a new group of people to do the same job, uh, and so when Sean got back and he had talked to Bill, he was telling me about the program there and how involved Bill was with it, and we, we did a call with Bill and just kind of we just discussed what we could do to, to change things, and, and Bill connected us um, with Penn State and Horry Georgetown, and that's been a big, big help. Uh, and it's kind of led from there. We started learning ways that we could, you know, do more for our volunteers and show that they're here to learn and, and provide them an experience that hopefully they'll never forget. Yeah, and Charles, that was my next question. September is a pretty tricky time for people in the golf business because a lot of uh, your summer help might be back at school or have moved on to something else. What do you do to attract volunteers during this very difficult t time of year for a lot of people in the industry? First off, we hope that the volunteers that come here have an enjoyable, we, we hope, we call it a, hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime experience to where they're going to talk to other people about it and get the program out word of mouth. But we also like to write blogs about it. We've been a little lax in our blog writing this year. Um, we try to make it, our presence known on Twitter pretty well, and we make the, the volunteer sign-up available through Twitter. Uh, we like to speak with people about it through networking at the Golf Industry Show. Uh, we send our staff, our assistants, to other volunteer events. You know, we had one of our assistants go to the PGA Championship at Bell Reeve this year. Uh, we had another one go to the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow this year. So just getting out and talking about it and meeting people, and that's, that's kind of our biggest way of, or one of our biggest ways of getting the program out to the industry. How many volunteers approximately are you going to have the, the week of the Tour Championship this year, and where do these volunteers come from? Uh, we have about 75 volunteers this year. They're coming from all over the United States, as far out to California, and then overseas as well. We have people coming in from England, Ireland, Sweden. We actually have an individual returning from Sweden, another one returning from Peru. We have guys coming from Canada, and we have one individual coming from the United Arab Emirates. And are you able to get some superintendents or assistant superintendents or AITs from local golf courses, or is that a challenge because of how busy everybody is in September? We get 
some some support from local courses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an individual who is an intern for us that works at the athletic club who's going to be helping us all week. Uh, we have a couple assistants from the area that are going to be over here as well. Uh, we have a student coming from the University of Georgia. Um, but it is a difficult time to draw volunteers from the area because September and October are high tournament season in the South. So a lot of clubs are getting ready to host their own club championships and member guests. Ralph, what is it like when you stare out in the tent uh, Sunday evening and Monday morning and see dozens of new faces here to help you? What is that feeling like as somebody that's the uh, host director of agronomy and superintendent? Relieved. Because <laughs> <laughs> our staff just tripled, basically. Um, you know, it, it's you look out there and you see all these people that you don't know, but you know they're there to help you, and it's it, it's just mind-boggling the way this industry comes together to support each other, and you know it makes you really proud of of the the industry and and how people you know involve themselves in, in other people's events and help out and. You know, the turnaround of that is we want to make sure that they're getting something out of it. So we we try to focus a lot on networking amongst them and us and, you know, answering questions that they have and try to spend time as we can with, with people and hopefully answer all their questions. Charles, what is it like Monday morning trying to get dozens of people that have never worked on your golf course to mesh with people who work on your golf course every day? What is that process like and what are some strategies you use to make the volunteers feel more comfortable on a property that might be unfamiliar to them first off we like to welcome everybody and let them know that they're all a part of our team that week and it's not the volunteers and it's not our staff we're all one team and everybody needs to know that and we put a big focal point on that throughout the week Uh, we try to always have volunteers with one of our staff members Uh, That way they can learn the course better as they go throughout the week. And um, obviously they have the opportunity to to network and jive and mesh with our staff as they're they're going throughout their whatever job assignment it is. And, you know, that kind of gives them a better understanding of how to get around here and not be confused and have any questions answered. Uh, We ask our staff to wear their uh, different colored shirt. That way, any time a volunteer might have a question, they can go, hey, you know, there's one of the staff members in their shirts, and they know who to ask and how they might be able to give them some direction on it instead of trying to guess who who will know and who won't know things. What are some agronomic practices and some detail work you're able to do on the golf course during tournament week that maybe you can't do regularly because you don't have the staff? What are some things maybe you can do differently to – during that tournament week because you, you, you have the numbers? Well, kind of advanced week and then through tournament week, some of the things we're able to do or what we t- wouldn't typically do is like, like rotary top dressing our greens. Uh, we push mow all of our green banks around tournament. Uh, obviously, during the week of the tournament, we're double, triple cutting greens. Sometimes we'll backtrack mow in the afternoons. We, we, that really wouldn't be an option with the size of our staff on a typical day. Uh, we do moisture management using TDR moisture meters on every single area of the course, all fairways, uh, all approaches, collars, greens, tees as well. That's definitely 
something that we don't have the ability to do in a typical day uh, because of the amount of people that it takes to be that involved and, and that site specific with that type of moisture management. Do you get a chance to look at all that data during tournament week? And if so, how does that data assist in your team providing the conditions that the PGA Tour players want? We do get to look at it. Uh, we, we sit down and we'll have a meeting before each one of our shifts with our primary management team, which includes our competition agronomist, all of our assistants, our AITs, our equipment manager and horticulturalist as well. Uh, we like to discuss that data, and, and a lot of times that will drive what we decide to do and what type of inputs our competition agronomist will make on how to prepare the golf course for the next round of play. Uh, you know, for example, if we're, if we're getting really dry, uh, we might we might be a little weary about rolling too much when we start getting drier, just because things can get away from you. Whereas if we're a little bit more on the moist side after a rain event, we're we're less concerned with the plant rehydrating, and we we know we'll probably be able to get away with an extra roll or so if we need to. Ralph, what type of industry support does it take to create a vibrant? volunteer program like you have how much help do you have to have from people in this business well what we try to do is is um, we approach vendors for sponsorships for our volunteer program so the money they supply to us is used for for instance hotel rooms for the people that are out of town that's something we we didn't used to do back when we were having issues getting people in here and we realized um, when Sean was down at Sawgrass, that that was a key component to getting qualified individuals in here. But it's it's a big expense, so they help us with that. They help us with meals. They they help us um, with you know basically uniform costs and meal costs, snack costs, uh, some of the chemical costs because we do extra inputs. It's it's very wide. It's a very broad spectrum of things they help us with. We try and gear the industry support as much as we possibly can towards the volunteer experience. You mentioned earlier that you've had some of the people on your staff go and volunteer at other tournaments. What type of knowledge do they bring back from those events, and what type of knowledge do you gain from the volunteers that you receive maybe from other golf courses? It's different everywhere, so... It's interesting to see how people run their various programs, how they set up teams in the mornings and afternoons versus the way we do. But it's also very dependent on your property. So for us, we're, we're split in half by a pond, front nine, back nine, and then this year is going to be a little bit even more challenging because of where the new entrance is. But you kind of learn some of those tricks how you can get around some of those things or, you know, even the agronomic part of it, it's, there's things you pick up that sometimes our volunteers will say, hey, we did this at our course, you know, it might be worth looking at it, and it is worth looking at, and it's only something we, we kind of keep our eyes and ears open towards. And at the same time, if they ask us why we're doing something, we want to explain to them why we do it the way we do, and they may say, well, this is how we did it and it might make more sense the way they did it. It's kind of give and take, and hopefully through that give and take, we our guys learn something where they went somewhere, and like you said, we can learn from the, the people that come here. What do you want a volunteer leaving Eastlake 
thinking about the experience and the people they meet. Yeah, we definitely want them, when they leave here, we want them to know that they were part of a team and that they were appreciated and um, that they had a, a very big part in the success of the tournament. And that's our main goals is that they know that, you know, that was, you know, they were part of that success and we want them to know that. Charles, what is it like for you and your team preparing a golf course knowing that the turf you're preparing could determine whether somebody wins $10 million or not? Do you think about those crazy numbers in your head when you're doing your maintenance? Maybe that's a little bit of the nerve-wracking part of it, I guess. <laughs> is we do. We do think about that a lot. And uh, that's, that's kind of one of our motivators we use for our staff is letting them know, hey, when we're out here, guys, you know, every everything we do, every blade of grass you mow, every swipe you take with the rake, we're setting up this golf course to impact somebody, whether they're making $10 million or not. You know, every shot out here could be the difference between that $10 million. And so I think the staff is really proud of that, and it is a driver and a motivator for them when they're out there working. Have either of you two thought about 2019 yet? I know you have a ton going on here in the weeks leading up to the 2018 tournament, but the Tour Championship is moving to August as part of the PGA Tour schedule changes. Have you guys thought ahead to 2019 and how much different the August date might be for your team? Yeah, we started thinking about that as soon as there was any word that that could happen because it changes our entire agronomic plan for the year, the timing of things. So we've had plenty of discussions about it between us and with our general manager and um yeah it's, it's gonna it's gonna present a few different challenges for sure but it also is going to it's going to help the club and that we get the month of september for the members to use which in the past that's you know it's a great month for golf and basically we were closed so there's there's benefits to it and there's a few challenges to it but that's kind of the way everything is isn't it What's the most fulfilling thing about hosting a tournament? I mean, it certainly makes your jobs a lot more challenging, but th- this event brings tremendous benefits to the Atlanta community. What, what's the most fulfilling thing about tournament week? I've been fortunate enough to have been involved here since 1992, so I've seen it from before the foundation got involved and through the foundation's involvement. So I've seen firsthand the changes in the neighborhood, which has been uh, beyond description. Uh, I mean, it's just mind-boggling how it's changed around here. And and now we're expanding that out beyond the East Lake area this year, going out to some other areas of Atlanta and expanding out. So, I mean, it's to me, it's a huge source of pride, and I think it is for everyone here. We we definitely bring it up a lot that we're we're going to something here that impacts lives not just golfers lives but normal everyday people and not many places can say that but for you charles what's the thing that really stands out for you with tournament week and what you're doing i think ralph touched on a lot of good points there and i I know that our staff sees that as well being able to host the tournament and the contributions that we get from that for foundation uh it's like ralph said i've been here four years and i've seen the changes that it's made and i've I've had the opportunity to 
to work with individuals that were and, and hire individuals on that were brought up in the area through a charter school that was, was able to be built because of the foundation and because of this tournament. Um, so that's certainly a, a huge fulfillment. And I also certainly enjoy seeing the pride the staff gets to take in their golf course. I think it's the guys every every day here is kind of day in day out. You know, you get used to being at East Lake, and it is what it is. And we always see the the negative side of things, and that's wrong, and this is wrong, and we need to go fix that, and that's not good. And then we bring in a slew of individuals from across the world, and they they just have nothing but compliments to say about what the guys have done, and you know, kind of getting to see their gratification um, is pretty special. You both are on the property every day and obviously know as much about it as anybody. What would you tell somebody who can't make it to Eastlake that's maybe watching the tournament on TV that works in the golf industry? What are some things about Eastlake maybe that you don't pick up on unless you're, you're there every day? Well, I, geez, there's a lot of little things, but you can't short side yourself around the greens for one. You don't want to be in the rough for sure. Um, we, we really work our rough to try and make a ball drop to the bottom. And with, with, with the help of Bland Cooper, our tour agronomist, I think we've found some pretty good tricks for that. Um, and when the ball nestles down into two-and-a-half-inch Bermuda, it's pretty difficult to control. There's a little bit more slope. It's not like Augusta, but there's more slope here than you think. Um, the holes on the front nine basically run east and west. Actually, eight of the holes run east and west. And uh, so one hole's going up a hill, the next one might be going down, it might be into the wind, the next hole's against the wind. And I've heard the, the, the people on television comment on that over the years. That it's kind of hard to get used to. From When each hole changes, it's hard to kind of get a rhythm. So I think it's it's an unusual, I guess, component of the golf course, but... It, it, it is part of it. The greens are pretty subtle. They have a lot of subtle little slopes to them that, that are really difficult to read. Uh, and when we get the green speeds up to 12 and a half, those, those, those breaks really become difficult for the players. So you will see, you'll see a lot of putts inside of 10 feet that, that are close misses, but misses that you might not normally see. Just two last things here. What is Monday after tournament week like around Eastlake? Chaotic, to say the least. Basically, we, we do a, a 8 o'clock shotgun um, for, for the uh, sponsoring companies of the event. And so we bring our staff in and send all the mowers out that we can to get the course prepped. The bunkers are still perfect from the day before, so we really don't even touch those. It's kind of just a single mow, and then we all come in. We start breaking down the volunteer area, and then at about 10 a.m., everyone's ready to go home and take about a four-hour nap. So, you know, we might stick around, and as that shotgun's going on, there's just a million what seems like different people out here breaking down the tournament for the remainder of that week after until we reopen on Friday. So it's, it is insanely busy. It, 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 it's crazy. And last thing, if someone approached you two that 
is already hosting a televised event and wants to beef up their volunteer program or just has found out that they're going to be hosting a significant event and wants to start a volunteer program, what would you tell them about the process and what are some keys to achieving a successful volunteer program like the 180 Slake? First thing is trying to find sponsors. So they need to get with either their main distributors and or manufacturers or both. Um, we've, we've kind of targeted both. And we do a, a tiered sponsorship. So with certain levels, they get they get a foursome or two foursomes or up to four, depending on the level, sometime during the year that they can use. Um, you know, they can bring clients out or however they want to use them. Contacting any turf program that's close to them or even not so close that they can provide housing, um, trying to get them involved, that's, that's a biggie especially depending on the time of year. Hopefully the, their local superintendents association can also get word out. Um, we've had help with that as well. Uh, that would be my starting point. Well, Ralph and Charles, I really appreciate the time. Like I said, I know you guys are busy as can be, so we're glad that you're able to take some time to join us on the podcast. And congratulations on everything you've accomplished at Eastlake and with hosting the Tour Championship. And I can't wait to get there and see it for myself in a few weeks. I'm beyond excited to walk Eastlake for the first time and meet members of your staff and the volunteers. So we'll see you in a few weeks, and thanks again for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Look forward to having you. Thanks, Kyle. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.